Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. What's going on, family? It's your man Gerard Bonner of Bonner 5 Radio. Welcome to On Course with Heart Ramsey. And we call these sessions Heart to Heart. It's your opportunity to hear straight from the heart of Pastor Heart Ramsey as he talks about life, liberty, love, and whatever else is going on in the world. Now, we're going to take you to a special session that we held at Northview Christian Church with a live studio audience. And that audience was filled with the NCC Young Adult Culture. This is part two of a conversation that we had where it was filled with nothing but their questions and Pastor Hart's answers, and it was absolutely amazing. Now, if you missed part one of this conversation, check out the previous podcast to check that out and to get up to speed. Even if you haven't, these questions are going to absolutely impact you. Let's go right now to the Northview Christian Church in Dothan, Alabama, as we speak to the NCC Young Adult Culture. Someone asks, when being a single mom, how do I date? And how do I know that he's right to meet my children? <laughs> These questions are incredible. Okay, let me, hold on. Right. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you, when, first of all, as a single mom, um, it, it says a lot about, about your strength and your fortitude and, and, and your ability to, to bounce back. Because it means that in, in some cases you took a chance on love and it didn't work. Or, or, or you, the approach was wrong. It says something about your history. And so what you do is, um, at first, if the person is worth a second date and a third date, you tell them about the kids. Okay? Now, um, you don't judge them based on what they say about the kids because the guy has to process that. But if he can't handle the kids, matter of fact, if he can't handle the knowledge of the kids, disqualified immediately. Okay. Now, when does he meet the kids? When he starts treating you like some person of value. Mm-hmm. Not just that we cool, we texting, we laughing, we, we're more comfortable. No, 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 no. It's more than that. Because if, if he's going to be a potential um, um, father or potential husband, then what we need to know about him is, is, is what is his, his IQ and his EQ? One is intelligence, one is emotional. We need to know, can he handle this stuff? Right. Okay? It's, it's really critical. Um, and, and a lot of times you're going to find that some guys are just into you. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then you know it can only go but so far. Because you got, you got little ones. or you got a little one, there's not much you could do. And don't resent that. Don't resent the fact that, that you have a, 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 um, a, another person in your life or your, your child. Don't, don't resent that. It's just that you're going to need a special type of person to be. And and I think you should spend time praying about that. Spend time talking to God about the person who's going to come into your life. Because one thing you need to know about God is that he he loves you beyond the story. And there's no part of your story that shocked God. Matter of fact, he saw it before he sent you. There's a person for you. I'm going to give you an analogy. I saw this. It's very interesting. You say, Pastor, there's not enough men. First of all. (laughs) You don't have to worry about 
all the fishes in the sea. Because the truth of the matter is you're not in the sea anymore. You're not. You don't have to worry about the rat race because you're not in the race. What you are, you, God has pulled you out of that situation. You're separate from all the mess you see. Out, but you say, but she's showing this and she's doing that. You, you have to do that. What she's missing is a key element. She's missing God's favor. Mm-hmm. You got it? And what God will do, he, he'll put a certain thing on you. He has a certain thing on you already. And so the right guy is going to recognize that. What you can't be is desperate. Yes. Sir. Can't be desperate. Yes, sir. I'm going to tell you what men like about the but to help you. Here's a lot. Of, get the notebook out. Let me tell you. Here's right, what. Here's right. what women miss. You know what men like by, by nature. Uh, men. I'm not talking about just immature men. Men are 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 hunters. Yes. So a man loves to see a woman that's in motion. Mm-hmm. You got it. It has to be a chase. Right. You can't chase something that's not running after something. Right. Right. If, <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying. So, so you got to be about something. And, and, and most men, I, I, I speak for most, most mature men, they, they, they despise a woman that takes on the hunter role. Truth. It's true. No, yeah. man, no man want a woman chasing them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you can. Now, there's a way to, to let him know that you're interested. Right. And that you're available to be chased. And we need to know that. And men do need to know that. If not, somebody yes. else is going to be chasing somebody Hello. else. I thought we had a thing, but well, I never knew we had a thing. I mean, the thing was in your mind. I didn't know. Wait, wait. Let, let, let's hang there for a second because you know what? Oh, there's a, there's a follow-up. Yes. See, that, I, was, I was going. What's the question? Her question was, how do, you, how do you signal to a man that you're interested without, as she said, going, rah. <laughs> And, 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 and to that point, as guys, women, you need to know that we aren't always catching what you call obvious signals. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I went six, eight months, a year, two years, and they were like, but I liked you. I didn't know. Yeah. Just because you're nice doesn't mean that you like me. You're just being nice. So you know, I'm gonna tell you what's scary is is, is when I when I became single. Isn't it scary? So, yeah, I'm gonna tell you what's scary. What y'all deal with? She said, "Why you got married so quickly?" I'm gonna tell you right now. I have to get out that whatever that thing is out there, yeah. that jungle. I can be out there, but let me tell you. In answer to your question, this is what you do. That you have to know there's a thing about you. You don't have to. Be, I mean, first of all. I, it doesn't have to be anything about, about sexiness. Right. What it has to be is, is that whenever there's an interaction, you have to be memorable. Right. Just got to be memorable. And, and it's not something you try to do. It's something about the uniqueness of you, who you are, that strikes a guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a friend um, that, that um, when, uh, she would check on me all the time when she heard that I was going through this, this devastating life change. And she would check on me all the time, just check on me all the time. And, and so I, I kind of, it was kind of different for me. She's well-known. I mean, just always checking on me. Are you okay? I'm checking on you. And so, so I was wondering, hey, one day. <laughs> and so one day, I kind of just kind of, matter of fact, we were sitting, all sitting at the table, mm-hmm. and it's oh, John Gray. I'm going to mm-hmm. call your name, John. And he texted me on the table. He said, dude. 
And, I, and my response is, man, she ain't thinking about me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But after I got married, she stopped talking to me. My thing was like, what happened? My thing was, what happened? It was like, I thought we had, what? I don't know we had something. It was in your head. Listen. You got to, in some kind of way, there comes a time where, where you're going to get that open window to say, you know what? This is the best way to act, to, to really, what's this? <laughs> Listen, no, it's for real. Sometimes when, when there's this chemistry, because how many of you know what chemistry is like? No, 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 how many of you know what chemistry is like? Because, because relationship is about chemistry, not biology. Right. You got to get that right. Mm-hmm. Okay? And when the chemistry is doing what it's doing, sometimes you have to interrupt the moment and just in, in, a, in a nice and casual say, what are we, what's this? Yes. Leave him with the question because sometimes guys are slow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's she mean by? Yeah. And, 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 and to that point, don't be offended by the answer. Oh, Lord. If you if we don't, listen, here's the thing. If you, if you ask what's this and he relegates you to the friend zone, because guys would do that in a minute. <laughs> but, but here's why we do that. Sometimes we do that because we're not comfortable. We're not comfortable with, am I really ready to take this to the next place? Like, I like what's happening right now. It feels good. And it's still kind of safe. But... If I go to that next place, what's going to happen? Like, are you going to weird out on me? So we'll just sit back and go, eh, eh. right, right. I mean, I, I, I did that. I was very guilty of that. Um, but with that said, though, here's the other thing. This is trouble, but we're friends, right? Okay, so women, <laughs> tell that man the truth. Yeah. Here's what I mean by that. So he, we went through this, a similar thing. I, I couldn't believe when I got married or when I got engaged, I started getting blocked. Mm-hmm. People were just like, I'm not talking to you. Or they wouldn't tell me they weren't talking. to All of a sudden, I was like, where did they go? Yeah. I've been friends with you all my life. Where did you go? And all of a sudden, because I'm getting married. And I'm like, wait, but you, but you told me that there was nothing. You put me to the friend zone 18 months ago. What's the problem? So women, just tell the truth. Be honest. honest. Like if you, if you have a feeling for the man, tell him and let him figure out what to do with it. Don't act like, oh, we're just friends. Oh, we're good. Oh, we're good. And then we ain't good no more. Yeah. And here's another thing too also is, is don't make relationship your whole world. Right. Some people act like just being in a relationship is the whole world. Yeah. And, and another thing, too, is that just like people are attracted to qualities, they're also turned off by certain qualities. Oh, so, yes. so, so don't take it personally. That, that, you know, just don't take it personally. Yeah. I, mean, and, and, I mean, you have to be able to. <laughs> God, how do we get in this place I don't right here? You, you have to be able to understand that this guy is not into me. It doesn't mean that you're not worthy. It doesn't mean that you're not a good... It just means he's not in, you're not his flavor. Right. Okay, let's right. talk about flavor for a minute. How many of you go... What's your favorite, favorite ice cream place? Baskin Robbins? Cold Stone? Who, oh, Cold Stone okay. people? Okay. Um, how many of you get the apple pie out of Cold Stone? How many? No? What, what you get? What do you get? Shout, just shout out what you get. Huh? Sweet cream, Oreo blizzard. Sweet cream, butter pecan. Butter pecan. Okay. Get, huh? Cake batter. Cake batter. Okay. Give me your flavors. I'm looking. I'm looking for flavors. Huh? 
Cookies and cream. Okay. Strawberry. Cookie, cookie dough. dough. Yeah. Huh? Pistachio. What about this? Watch this. How many of you, how many of you, your flavor is based on how you feel that day? Okay, mm. now that's important for you to know because some people don't know what their flavor is. Wow. And when they meet you, they're going like, I kind of like her, but I don't know exactly if she's my flavor. Right. Okay, so while he's trying to figure out, uh, now if you've ever worked in one of these joints, I used to work in an ice cream joint my father owned, and then you stand there, it's, oh, oh, how can I help you? And they're going, well, I don't know what I want yet. And you stand there waiting for them to figure out, I tell you what, I'll be back. And I, I'm that that, ha- that happens in life sometimes. <laughs> yeah. There may be this one person that doesn't know what, for, I'm still trying to make up my mind. Okay, I'll be back. Mm-hmm. You go on about your life, he's still there. Why are you still here? Because I still want some, well, what's your flavor? I don't know. <laughs> That's real. That's very real. Okay? Because some of you, I'm going to tell you how women are, and it's not fair, but I'm going to tell you how women are. Women already knew. I said women, I'm, be, I'm generalizing, but most women already know the kind of guy they like. Because what they do is they Frankenstein their dudes based on the stars they like. I want Elba's muscles. I want, I want this. I want Denzel's walk. I want this person's smile. It's and you already, Frank, you have a whole monster on your refrigerator already. You, you're, you, listen, your, your vision board is a Frankenstein right. man right. with the screws on the side of his head. <laughs> you already made you one. <laughs> oh, I like him. My baby's going to look like this. You already, mm-hmm. you're, she already made up what she wanted to look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Men don't usually do that. We don't have a clue. No, we don't be known. So, you know, you... No. Okay. <laughs> this, I don't know how we went there. But yeah, we just really went. What was that question again? I forgot. What was the question? Uh, oh, single mom, how do I date? Okay. Yeah, we, I, <laughs> we, yeah, we went all the way. We went downtown. We just, we. But, but, but I do think that's important because, again, that, that single dating is a weird place for people. Yeah. And particularly when you're talking about Christian women, now there is the pressure of, as a guy, okay, because you'll hear the woman say, well, are you ready to marry me? Because this has got to end in marriage. And so that's pressure on a guy. Because for a guy, when a guy for okay, so for a woman, marriage is like this great dream. You know what I mean? It's, it's this great dream. It's the thing you, you think about, and you're thinking about this wedding, and this is going to be great. For a guy, it is the end. <laughs> okay. This is what I mean. What I mean when I say it is the end, it is the end. Like, we can no longer pursue. We can no longer take that peak. We, okay, y'all are gonna leave me by myself. All right. As a, we can't. So we have to make sure this is the one that's gonna take care of everything. That's a lot of pressure for a man. And then he's gotta buy the ring. Yeah. And then he's gotta ask you. And the scenario's gotta be right. And it, that's a lot of pressure on a guy. So don't put that guy under that much pressure that soon. Let me add this too about about marriage. This is real talk. Um, marriage is like like the hardest course you'll take in college. Have mercy, yes, it is. Do not get into it without studying it. Right. It's not what you think. Mm-hmm. If, if it's it's not what you think, it could be the greatest. Imagine you have this person that's always with you. Mm-hmm. You roll together. You do everything together. Imagine the greatness of, of your boo and you never eating alone again and all that. 
then imagine that you have this person that's always with you. Always you, with you. you. <laughs> it's the same words with a whole different right. spin. It's like that, it's that State Farm commercial, <laughs> that commercial where it's the same thing, but to you. I almost want to go there. <laughs> no, let me, okay. Can, can I? Can I? Can I? Can I turn the corner? Okay. So both of us are recently married, right? And uh, there is the difference between what you, you, you what you think it's gonna be and what it is. Yes. Yeah. For instance. <laughs> For instance, right, my wife and I lived in two separate states. So we never had the privilege of being in the same city for a long period of time. That didn't happen until we got married. We've been friends for a really long time. When we got married, you know, uh-oh. The mic is like, that's her. Don't you tell that story. <laughs> Don't you do it. <laughs> Yanni can be omnipotent. She can be omnipresent. She's just crazy. So, so here's the thing, right? So, so one of the, there were some really quick realizations that we had that you don't think about when you're dating or when you get engaged. For instance, um, her thing with me was the toilet seat. Put it down, right? So here's this, the backstory for me is I grew up in a house with all guys, okay? My mom was the only woman in the house. So we had upstairs, downstairs, bathroom, whatever. For, there was never an issue. So I'm trying to figure out why are you mad at me? <laughs> why are you mad? How many times do I have to tell you about the toilet seat? I'm like, what? So now I'm trying to remember, okay, put the toilet seat down. Put it down. That, that's true. Just falling well, that, one that's time. It. That's it. But, but there are those kinds of things that you start realizing on a very realistic basis. basis. Oh, my gosh. Like, like, for instance, when you're dating, you never see what they look like when they get up. It goes both ways. It goes both ways. Because even though for most of us men, we don't do makeup, we have some sort of ritual. And, you know. This should be the marital awards yeah. for people who are really good at marriage. But, you know, <laughs> I'll say this also. I, I just think that the other side always looks better yes. from where you are. Yes. You know, the single people want to be married. The married yeah, people want to be single. single yeah. and, you know, uh, uh, um, y'all got it good. No, y'all got it good. Mm-hmm. I just, why, why don't you just enjoy where you are? Right. There's a lesson to be learned in all of our places. Does that work? Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Let's go! Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God. Heart Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word Uplift to the number 46786. Once again, text the word Uplift. 
to the number 46786. And daily, you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. We got something to say. Listen! Did you know that there is power in your words? Cement that with the brand new remixes to the single, It Is So, from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir. Pick up the remixes to It Is So from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir. Available now at all digital outlets. Let's go! Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person. He's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Y'all enjoying this? This is very good. All right, I'm going to go to another question because I don't want y'all to say, we submitted questions and y'all didn't answer any of them. So here we go. Uh, Faith versus belief. Is it possible to have faith and struggle with belief? No. It's not possible to have faith and struggle with belief. Now, I'm going to tell you, and let me qualify this because that's kind of broad. I'm painting with a broad brush. Belief and faith are really close cousins. The only thing that separates them is that faith always acts. So really, faith is belief that, has, that, that is so strong it does something. Wow. You get what I'm saying? So it's almost impossible to say, I, I have faith, but I don't believe. Now, what tends to happen is when belief is doing nothing, the Bible says the devil believes and he trembles. He, he's not, you see? So you, you could believe and not do anything. But when you start acting on that belief and, and it, it's not working out the way you envisioned it, now you start to second guess whether or not what you believed was was right, so in that sense, there, there's a there's a possibility. Um, if if you have never gotten to a place where your where your faith was challenged or your belief was challenged, it may mean your faith is not real. Come say it again. If you've never gotten to a place where you, where your belief was challenged, uh, it could be your faith may not be real. And the reason I say that is because the enemy is very very highly developed and he's very very clever at trying to get you to try to measure God by sight. And faith, if it's nothing else, it's opposite to sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. God is clear. Or why we look at the things 
uh, that be not because the things that are, are, that are visual or, t- are temporal or subject to change. And so what God is showing us is that if you're going to be in faith, you have to get your eyes fixed on the things that are not seen and then the word of God. Whenever you find a, a, a faltering in your belief, go back to the source. Go back to the word. That, that's what the word does. Okay? That's good. That's good. Uh, how did you become a pastor? Well, that's a good question. I have no idea. No, no. No, I'm going to tell you, it was not on my radar. It, was not, it wasn't something I wanted to do. Um, to be honest with you, how God got me to do it was to, was to allow me to work in some ministries where behind the scenes it wasn't about the people. I was a part of a system, a part of a, of a mechanism, a ministry machine that was churning out um, four to five services a week, bringing in a lot of money. And from behind the scenes, I was a part of the music part of the machine and, and the leadership cared nothing about the people. And that developed inside of me this heart for people. And my job uh, in the ministry was to enforce whatever the pastor said. And sometimes I just couldn't do it. I had to sit with him and kind of arm wrestle, like, Pastor, please. I'll give you a good example. There was a young lady in my choir. I was a, I was a music pastor, and, and um, she got pregnant. Um, she was a worshiper, got pregnant. And um, the guy that, that she got pregnant for was a big giver. He had a business as a big giver. And so by the time... Um, she came to me. She said, this is the situation. I counseled, we prayed with her. And the guy, the pastor called them both in. Now, um, he saw the guy first, and the guy was able to go in and tell the pastor, this is the story. She seduced me. Uh, she caught me when I was weak, all this stuff. And by the time she came in, instead of talking to her, ministering to her, he begins to call her all kinds of names. And, and throwing her past in the face and telling uh, you're a whore. You, you, using, and just, and I sat in the room. And wept because I saw what was going on. They didn't want to lose his big tithe. She was living in a trailer. She had nothing to offer. And so what the ministry did, the ministry perverted justice, and they, and they actually told her, you could come to church, but we want to hear nothing about this. And so she could come to church. She couldn't sing the choir anymore. She couldn't worship. But this guy was coming to church still giving his big tithe. And so when the Lord called me to pastor, in, in, in all the years I've been pastoring, I've never, ever um, solicited someone to leave their church and come to our church. You check with anyone. I've never done it. When people come to our church and they're struggling with their leader, I send them back and say, go, go make it right. But she was the one person. When I started this church, she, she, she sought us out. And when she found me, I said, um, she said, I need counsel. I said, go to the pastor. She said, they won't even take an appointment with me. Wow. And she told me the rest of the story. This is what I said to her. I said, call them up and tell them you're moving your membership. And she was terrified. I walked her through it. And she left that church and she came to this church, stayed here for 10 years before she moved out west. It was that experience that the Lord kept um, haunting me is a good word, asking me, don't you care about my sheep? And that's how I knew I was a pastor. I mean, everywhere I go, prophets would say to me, the Lord told me to ask you a question. I said, yes. The Lord said, do you not care about the sheep? And finally, I had to submit to it. I had to learn on the job. Okay? Um, I, think, I think now I'm a good pastor. I understand how pastoral ministry works. I understand people. I had, but I had to learn. You got it? So if you're interested in pastoral ministry, just know this, that pastoral ministry is a full-time commitment. You don't ever not be a pastor. Um, you, you don't get a life. And the moment you try to take your life back to just take your personal stuff, folk will hate you for it. No, for real. You counsel some folk over stuff they're doing wrong. And if you do anything close to that, they want to send you to hell. Mm-hmm. So you need, you need to know if, you, if you're going to get into pastoral ministry, know that God wants you to do it. Wow. 
That's really good. That's really good. Ah, that's good. All right. Uh, next question. Do you have any advice about being celibate? And no. Yes. B. <laughs> B. <laughs> next question. No, here's the thing. Let me get, no, I'm going to help you. I'm not going to do you like that. Here's, here's the answer to that. If you, if, you, if you want to be celibate, don't put anything else before your eyes. Celibacy does not begin by abstaining from sex. It begins by abstaining from exposing yourself to sexual situations. How many of you just heard what I just said? Okay, if you want to, it's not celibacy. I'm going to tell you how the body is made, and it's, it's a, a crazy thing. You talk to any person that's been celibate for any length of time. You don't know any, we'll find you some. But here's how it works. Once you make this, the commitment to celibacy, and you cut off all of the, the sexual influences, after a while, within months, your body stops wanting sex. And the longer you go, the more comfortable you, comfortable you become. Now, here's what you don't know. Google, Google the basic human needs, and here's what you're going to find. Sex is not one of them. You can't survive without food. You can't survive without water. But you can survive without sex. <laughs> they look at me like, look at, people look at, look at, the saints look at me like, I don't know how to take that. Right. <laughs> it's not a basic human need. Another thing, too, and listen, and this, now, this, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm your pastor, so I don't mind telling you this. If you're, go- if you're going to be celibate, stay away from self-gratification also. Because what it does, it keeps the desire alive. You're not celibate if you're self-stimulating or, self- or gratifying. You're not. Wow. Okay? Now, is it a sin? I'm not even, I don't have chapter and verse for that. Don't put me in that position. I don't want you to talk about that. What I want to talk about is if, you, if you're going to be celibate, be celibate. And the way to do it is just don't expose yourself to sexual situations. And be very sensitive about it. Be very sensitive about what makes you uncomfortable. No, nah, well, I, I can't do that. And I'm going to tell you what, what happens. My daughter, Janelle, was deaf for years. She just got a cochlear implant within the last month or so. And when they turn it on, they had to dial down the, uh, the, the, the volume on it and, and uh, disguise all the sound as computer voices, like monotone, just so she could get accustomed to hearing again. Every time she'll go in there, dial it up a little bit, now she can hear. You know what she said to me? She said, it's weird how music has changed. Hmm. She can hear music again. She, 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 called, she texted me one day. She said, what's the name of your new record again? I said, true story. She said, okay, I just bought the last one off the shelf. I, I, I got to hear how it sounds. It, it dawned on me. She had not been hearing my music. She had not heard really for like eight years. Wow. Eight to ten years. And I asked her, didn't it freak you out? She said, first, she said, first, that it was terrifying. She said, then something happened. Let me tell you how the grace of God works. She said, when I realized that this is the way it was going to be, she said, this thing came on me where I would look forward to the silence. She said, my world became silent. She said, everything around me became, she started to enjoy the peace. God actually gave her grace to live in this silent world. She said, all of a sudden, watch this, her senses began to become keen where she before it was difficult, now she could read lips. She could see what words look like. She could read body language. While that sense shut down, it gives rise to a whole other set of senses that come. And we say, I can't, oh my God, I'll freak out if I'm deaf. No, you won't. 
It's a grace that comes on you. Oh my God, God, I have sex. No, you don't. When you shut off that part of your life, all of a sudden, your discernment for, for people, you're all of a sudden you can tell a game when you see it. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, he's just playing. He's still notching his belt. You can tell what's real and what's not. You can tell who your friends are supposed to. All of a sudden, spiritual things become real. Your, your spiritual gifts come alive. Why? Because you cut yourself off from self-gratification, mm. off, from, off, off from being of chasing pleasures. Mm-hmm. A whole different grace comes on your life. You get it? This, this podcast was not supposed to be about preaching, but I, since we're doing that, I'm just going to tell you that there's a, there's a grace that comes on your life to be celibate. I'm going to tell you, in this generation you live in, good luck. Celibacy is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. This is one of the most sexually charged generations ever. Um, not only is there sex everywhere around you, but the dangers of sex. Right. Right. You, I mean, you, some, you get one time to get it wrong. True. And you have to be in somebody's healing line. Mm-hmm. So you have to be mindful. That you don't get to gamble with that. Got to be careful. Okay? Got to be careful with that. There's some junk out there. And there's some people out there living in denial. They got some junk. And they say, oh, I'm healed. No, you're not healed. Not if your test keeps saying you're not healed. And they be out there acting, hanging out with you, trying to be, act like they're normal. And they're not normal. They're sick. And if and if and if, if you have if you if you uh, sell yourself or sh- or give yourself as a throwaway, they'll treat you like a throwaway. Mm-hmm. They they will satisfy themselves with you knowing that they, when they left you, they left you with a package. Mm. I'm not trying to scare you, and I'm not. This, I didn't want the podcast to be this deep, but no, this is real. Now I'm in pastoral yeah. mode. You, yeah. you got celibacy is not just a good idea. There's a grace for it. Number one, there's a grace mm-hmm. to be, but, but also, also this thing is more than just spiritual. It's more than just spiritual. You're in a dangerous time. Right. The enemy is after. He's headhunting. You have to be careful. He's a pastor, but it's hard. I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying if you, if you need, a, number one, write this down. Choose your circle. Yeah. Choose a circle of people that are committed to it. and say, man, this is what we do. Okay? Get you some girlfriends. Wherever you all go, go together. Listen. Mm-hmm. And, and have this pack among you. Okay? If, one, if, you, if you see a guy and you say, oh, my God, this guy's into me. He won't take me to the movies. You're go, oh, we are going to the movies. <laughs> now, we pay our way. He's going to take you, but we're going to be sitting right there. And, and you warn him. You tell him. Here's what you tell him. No matter what I tell you, don't leave me alone with him. Wow. When the movie's over, make the plan. You're taking me home. Don't let him take me home. Mm. No, I'm, I'm serious. You have to have some girlfriend alone. What am I saying? You have to have some girlfriend that you can tell him, listen, this guy, he can get it. So you need, to be, you, to, you need to watch me. You need to watch me. You have to help me. No, you, I, am, I am really glad you said that. No, wait, hold up. Okay, wait. Okay, no, you're laughing. No. And, no, and, and those of you who listen to this podcast, don't you judge me and don't you write me no foolishness. Yes. <laughs> no, well, I got to take care of my people. Now, listen, no, you, you, be t- you tell your friend, no, he, no, I, no he, uh-uh, there's something about him. When he come around, I get weak. I can't think. I don't remember scripture. Uh-huh. Okay, no, no, t- t- tell that. I don't feel the Lord when he's around. I feel something else. Right. So, don't, so, so listen, so, so when he says, when I tell you, no, I'm good, you're good, I got you. To, don't, tell, don't believe me. I'm lying. Okay, I've been compromised. You could get me. <laughs> Y'all physically take me home because he got me, okay? No, the devil's alive. Let, let me tell you why this is good and necessary. 
This is good and necessary because there are generations of people who have not had these conversations. And so what ends up happening is they get into scenarios where they can't control their emotions um, because let's just be honest, when you, like, like pastor was saying, when you get in these scenarios, you're not thinking John three sixteen at all. You don't even know what the Bible is. Okay. And so if, so what ends up happening, I, I like to tell this story when I grew up and I know we, we got to get ready to, to wrap things up, but when, when I grew up, uh, in church life, uh, this is how it went. It was Guys, or it was girls, keep your skirts down, and guys, treat those girls like they're your sisters. Well, I had one problem, and my problem was, what happens when she doesn't look like my sister anymore? And nobody had an answer. And so it was like, when you leave people to figure this stuff out on their own, and they're not mature enough to handle all the things that go with it, then you have another case of problems that you're not ready to deal with. So I think moments like this are very, very important. And I hope you guys really take to this and those who are listening to this podcast or watching it, uh, take to it and not be afraid to have these kinds of conversations. I think you have to be intentional, ladies and guys. Let's not leave the guys out of this. Guys, you have to be intentional because there's a lot of pressure on guys to have sex. Because, oh, can I say this? I'm going to try. Let me handle this carefully. Uh, Because as guys, if we don't have sex, then there's the thought that we're playing for another team. And sometimes women, you can be guilty of guilting guys into that and you know that's their Achilles heel so oh well you know if he didn't want this then he must be well no maybe I'm just trying to be saved what about that I'm just be be caught be and and I'll say this and then I know we've got to go um gentlemen don't let anybody guilt you or make you feel bad about your commitment to God Because in this generation, probably more than any, it's hard to be a saved man because the pressures are on you. If if you're saved, then, well, maybe you're not really saved or, oh, it's just a front. Nah, you can be saved and you can be a man and you can be celibate and you can love God and you can respect your women. Period. There doesn't have to be, oh, because he's a musician, he's like this. Or because he's a, th- no. So don't let people guilt you into this stuff. Because when they do, then they force you to become something that you're not. You know what I mean? So, all right, I know time is up, and I'm sorry, and we got to not even half of these. So that means we have to do this again. Are y'all good with that? We have to do this again. So uh, NCC, thanks for letting us hang out with you guys. And uh, when, this podcast, when this podcast goes up, we'll definitely make sure that we let you know. Give Pastor Ramsey a hand. This is the man right here. Good grief. All right. Uh, did you guys want to come in? I don't know what happens now. <laughs> are a good friend. Because sometimes you don't have friends because you're not a good friend. You're a horrible friend. 
You know, it can't be about you. And, and people's life are already hard. They don't need another. Don't be a child trying to have a, an adult relationship with people. Yeah. You know, be, be an adult. I mean, to the, to the best of your, your ability, just get, just be the kind of person. The, the best way to have friends is to go in with the mentality that I want to be my brother's keeper. And if you have that mentality, you run across people that want to be their brother's keeper too. I said, brother, it means sister also. And all of a sudden, you have this, this, this group of people that love to be together. What I want to see happen in this church is I want our young adult culture to, be, to literally become the life of the church. I want you to become the membership. I want, I want you to run the show. You know, I'm, I'm in my middle 50s. Man. I'm, trying to, I'm looking for an exit. Not, 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 not so I could stop ministering. It's just so I could stop being so hands-on. Because you don't tell me I've been doing this for 20 years and I've not reproduced myself somewhere. You got it? Right. And, and this, and really, it's not a choice that I have. I mean, you have to, you can't be the students anymore. It's time for you to start being the teachers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, time, it's time for you to start, and he said, Pastor, well, we're not ready. Yes, you are ready. Mm-hmm. But you never know that you're ready till you get in the game. Right. Get in the game. It's time to get in the game. It's time for you to put your hand to something. Time for you to be, there's some men in here. It's time for you to be some, some, uh, um, some uh, assistance to the elders and, and being positioned to be, to be deacons and understand what the ministry is about. It's time. You are there in the world. How are you, how you all these things in the world? You're nothing in the church. Wow. You can't, that, you're not saved. If you, if, you, if you are a member of the family of God, but you're, you're nothing in the family, but you're everything out there? Mm. Nah. Mm. It's time for you to get in the game and, and just stay on top of your definition of what do we call it? What, what is it? Call it what it is because it's going to help you. Because sometimes a group of you get together and say, well, I don't like what they did. And what do we call this? Well, we call this being righteously indignant. No, it's offense. Mm. Once you get the, uh, the definition right, then God can deal with it and you can help each other. Yeah. You got it? Yeah. And, and, and the blessing of the Lord is upon your life as it relates to, as it relates to all your, your past whatever. And sometimes your past is not that far behind. Your past is actually probably about 30. 30 minutes. 30 minutes ago, yeah. by the <laughs> Sometimes your past is two hours ago, you know, it just happened yeah. before I got here. And, and, and God can deal with that until, you, watch this, be the kind of person on the train that missed this stop. And this is the last thing I'm going to say. Always looking for the next exit. Be the kind of person that's always looking for the next exit. Where do I get off? What, what, how can I get off of this thing? Because I don't want to spend my life doing this or being this person. Cool? All right. Guys, what? Oh, okay. The only other thing I want to say was, first of all, thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. Um, and, and this is, I think, really important. Um, just to piggyback off of what Pastor Ramsey said, uh, timing is important. I think of this: uh, a Rolex. Is, you, you guys know what a Rolex is, yeah? Okay, cool. Apple Watch, all that stuff. Okay, cool. Um, not that I have one. But um, here's the thing. As, as valuable as a Rolex is, you would never give it to a two-year-old. Because a two-year-old would treat it as a toy. They don't understand the value of it. And so what I want you to understand is what you have is so valuable that given to the wrong person at the wrong time, they will not treat it correctly. But in the right timing, it'll all make sense and it'll all work. So with that said, there are things that you're preserving in terms of timing, like if we're not going to have sex and we're not going to do this and do that. It's not forever. 
Do you get what I'm saying? Because what happens to us a lot of times is we get used to waiting, and we've waited so long, we've waited so long, we've waited so long until it's time, and we're like, oh, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. No, 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 no. When it's time, it's time. Y'all didn't catch that. When, (laughs) When it's time, and that's not just for that. It's for anything in church life, all right? You're being trained so that you can go ahead and do that, all right? All right. Thank you so much. Wow. Yeah. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram at Pastor Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.